Hi and hello watch fans and welcome to another edition of The Real Time Show with me, your friendly neighbourhood watchmaker Tutti Frutti and my co-host Bon Bon. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. As you can all hear, Rob is still drunk from not last night of both two nights ago as well. I'm doing well. I'm actually looking at your pretty face. Oh, yeah. I'm scrubbing your lovely beard. <laughs> um, we're actually physically in Dresden, sitting opposite each other, which we've never done recording a podcast on whatever platform, because all the ones that we've recently done with our guests, we were sitting next to each other. That's true. Yeah, we've never been this close. My face has never been this close to yours, and it is thoroughly disturbing. So forgive me if I don't make eye contact for the next hour. Stop it. Stop looking at me so intently. Did you brush your teeth? I did, actually, but I've had a couple of coffees since, so <laughs> just don't kiss me. Oh, um, God, it's going to be this kind of an episode. Right. So the reason why we are here today in Dresden is not simply because we're having a friendly powwow. It's because we've been with Nomos Classiter for the last couple of days. And since our listeners have been asking us how the fourth annual Nomos Glassator Forum went, we thought we would start our Q&A session today by answering in general and then more specifically, because earlier this week or late last week, we saw another one of the new watches from Nomos drop. And we can discuss that one in detail because we have been schooled by Nomos and exactly what is special about it. But first, Alon, some overall impressions of the forum. Is it your first time here? What do you think about it? Go. Yes. So, second time in Glashütte, had the honor to visit Nomos multiple days on a previous trip with an ambassador training, which was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, missed out on the first three fora or forums. Big discussion about Latin. <laughs> I prefer to say fora, but let's keep that aside. I had to miss them. On that topic specifically, I agree with you in this case. I would absolutely say fora. The only, I think forum on the internet has become an established, or forums has become an established plural for specifically that, but that's interesting. Well, I believe that if you talk about different internet watch forums, mm. different entities, mm -hmm. like different websites, mm -hmm. you add an S, like fish and fishes, different species of fish. So when you have different species of fish, it's fishes, and you have one kind of fish, and there are multiple fish, it's still a school of fish and of fishes. This has taken a very strange turn already. Okay, let's Google that later, because we're on flight mode, so we don't have internet. <laughs> so back to fora. So the first thing fora I've missed due to Jewish holidays. Unfortunately, I promised Nomos I would make it. Luckily for me, it in, fell in between the holidays. So I hopped on a plane with a lot of like now can call them colleagues. They were friends, Dutch media, including one stranger from down under that flew in through London. Our dear <laughs> friend, Andrew McUchin, who has been on the show. So we started a party already on the plane. It's been two amazing days. Nomos hosted us in Dresden. We had a lovely dinner, amazing mix of retailers, watch journalists. And I don't like the term, but they are actually influencers because they call themselves influencers, yep. which was nice because they have a different view on watchmaking. They have a different approach of sharing their passion, of love for watchmaking, which you always learn from them. So that's fun. Then next day, we took the, the pilgrimage to Glashütte, which is an amazing town in a valley. You literally have 
all the watchmaker is in a radius of less than kilometer. Yeah, about, about, yeah. Nomos HQ, although they have multiple locations today, I'm not even talking about Berliner Blau, which obviously is located in Berlin. In Glashütte, they have three locations. In the Glashütte Glashütte area specifically, Yeah. yeah, because the thing is, because of the legal designation of what it takes to be regarded as a watch made in Glashütte, it was necessary to expand the territorial catchment area of Glasgow slightly to include somewhere like, for example, Schlottwitz, which is actually where uh, Nomos Glasgow's manufacturing facility is located. It is so close to Glasgow proper, it makes no difference. But it was a necessary legal uh, distinction to make. And that's actually interesting that you raise that because it's very important for dear listeners to know, or I find that important, but who am I? Like Palmingiani. Parmigiano cheese. I just made a Freudian slip. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, Parmigiano cheese, it is protected geographically. Yeah. So all the cheese makers have to be in a region, Champagne, same goes to the grapes in the Champagne region, etc. So uh, Glashütte watchmakers have to be located and produce their actual watches in the region as you described. And what threw me off as a kid, I never understood the slash S-A behind the place name Glasshütte, uh-huh. because I was always conditioned that an SA is a incorporation in Switzerland, for example, or France. Right. So for these schmucks like me that got confused, SA is an abbreviation or a, a short acronym for Saxony. Correct. Which is the province. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the German the province. Yeah. yeah. Which used to be a kingdom. It did, yeah, yeah. it did. Once and once. Uh, when you walk in Dresden, which I highly recommend to visit because it's stunning, um, and they have their own little sand here, so very romantic when you and I took a stroll to have a beer by the river. <laughs> yeah, that's the Elbe, by the way. It's yeah. uh, it's quite famous in its own right. Yeah, but it, but it's beautiful, actually, and um, beautiful town, and they have a, a amazing fresco with, like, 20, 30 kings. That is stunning. On, yeah. Which spans over... Oh, a millennium almost. Yeah, it's an incredible piece of work yeah. and it's a testament to the region's mastery of the porcelain craft because really Saxony, despite being squirreled away in the east and often forgotten corner of Germany, it has some incredible talents, you know, as, as a as a single county effectively with watchmaking as its history. Prior to that in Glasseter, there was a lot of silver mining and silver craft and in the Erzgebirge Mountains further down the river towards Czech Republic or Czechia as it's now called, there was also uh, Holzkunst, so wood art, effectively, which still persists to this day. There's a small village nearby called Hernhut, where they make a Hernhutterstern, which are these like typically German Christmas stars that hang in the Streetelmarkt, which is the oldest Christmas market in the world, held in Dresden. So there is a lot going on here. And in the other direction, there's a place called Meissen, where they make porcelain. Now, you as a sneakerhead, I'm not sure you knew this because we talked about the way Meissen has collaborated with several different brands over the years. And I mentioned just glibly, and of course, the collaboration with Adidas. Have you seen the collaboration with Adidas? So we were talking about it last night because there's an amazing Meissen store literally on the corner of the the, the big square. And this is the porcelain company, right? This is like the best porcelain in the area. And, And they make the kind of things that you would buy for either an elderly relative or someone you don't like very much. But the craftsmanship is, is extremely, extremely well-respected. So Yeah, and, and it came on my radar as a kid because I knew Mont Blanc made a collab with them mm. and had porcelain fountain pens made with them. I did not know about the shoes, which I'm going to Google today before I take off 
on my plane ride back to Amsterdam. On that topic of traveling, the first time I came here, it never daunted on me that it's almost a stone throw to Prague. Yeah, an hour so, and a half in a car. Which which is a top European attraction. So a lot of overseas visitors to Europe would definitely put Prague on their bucket list. Yeah. But obviously Dresden and Glastonbury not, but you can do an easy half-day trip technically from Prague. Well, my advice would be fly to Prague if you're interested in seeing Prague and spend a, a few days there. I don't like just hopping around when I don't have to because Prague's such a fascinating city, my favorite city in the world, actually. Right. And Dresden's International Airport is abysmal. It flies to, and this will give you an insight into the mindset of, of the, the locals. It flies to Dusseldorf a couple of times a day, Munich a couple of times a day, Frankfurt also, and then Zurich every couple of days Amsterdam, maybe two or three times a week. London stands there throughout the summer, but rarely in winter. And Palma de Mallorca, three times a day. So it's very limited. We love Mallorca. We hate everywhere else. But if you like, if you, if you want to visit Dresden and you come from somewhere else, fly to Prague because it's an amazing airport. Flies all over the place. Super easy connections. Really clean, easy airport to use. Great taxi services outside. You can get a taxi from the airport to Florence bus station in the center of Prague for around 20 euros. And then for the, about the same again, you can get a, a one hour and 50 minute bus from Prague all the way to Dresden. And then you're in the heartland. And from Dresden, you can get to Glastonbury on the train very easily. There's, there's a two train journey to Heidenau and then from Heidenau onto Glastonbury. Talk a minute to us. Um, it's about 45 minutes in total from uh, Hauptbahnhof to Glastonbury. Door to door. Door to door, well, yeah, it depends on how close your door is to the Hauptbahn off. But so that's amazing. Once you get to the train station in Glastonbury, though, you are literally already there because the Nomos headquarters is the train station of Glastonbury. Now, no longer used as a train station building as it was in the olden days when there was more need for luggage and, you know, bigger equipment to be kept on site. But it is literally built in the same building. And that is one of the most charming places we have ever seen. And it is a gorgeous, iconic landmark in watchmaking and also the town's history. But we were not celebrating Nomos's fourth annual forum there. We were celebrating up the hill in a church that Nomos bought about five or six years ago and finished renovating soon after. And they now use it to host guests and events and also to allow an artist to come in and stay in residency for two, three, four weeks at a time to create whatever art they want, whether it's sound sampling the sounds of Glastonbury, and there aren't many because it's a very sleepy town, or whether it's painting or photography or video production, podcast recording even. Nomas have offered us the chance to record podcasts and videos in that space, and when they have gaps in their artist-in-residence calendar, you can also apply to the brand if you have an idea that you would like to experiment with in that time. And that's a really cool thing that Nomas does to not just expand the culture of Glastonbury, but also to tie in watchmaking to other forms of uh, media so that's amazing and we actually re-recorded an episode there with gary steingard so we've experienced hands-on how it is to be there amazing building it is actually called the nomos forum so the name wasn't made up for a placeholder since basel world doesn't exist anymore. i just want to do a quick intermezzo rope back to prague yeah a plug to our dear friends banu and ondrej for everyone that's into microbrands, our dear friends Badon Andrej are organizing Micro Praha Canal. 
which I believe is first and second of December, or it's basically the first weekend in December when the Christmas market starts in Prague. They're organizing an amazing fair, over 30 brands, if I remember correctly. Check out M-I-C-R-O, and then I think it's P-R-A-H-A.com. But if I'm wrong, just Google it. I'm doing this at the top of my head. So let's go back to the forum. So Nomos is awesome. I'm not objective. I love the brand. And I actually said it to many colleagues yesterday. They asked me, yeah, what is your favorite? What do you love in the collection? What don't you? And then it dawned on me that maybe Nomos is the first brand where I literally do not dislike any watch they made. I even like the pink gold Lux Spiegel Eye. Yeah, of course. It's gorgeous. The Lux is amazing. But it's for cuckoos. Oh, okay. Which you, which you and I are. But even, and, 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 and some people don't like square watches, so they don't like the Techo, which I utterly love. I had yeah. to kick in that word. Yeah, it's been a while. You've been like 50 episodes without it now, so you can bring yeah. it back utterly. I need to chill out on fascinating and stunning still. I'm, I'm losing my mind with those two words. Hey, it happens, you know. You get into a hyperbolic definition. So, so, so for me to criticize, Nomos is very difficult. So, let's go to the first novelty. They started with a beautiful picture of a forest on a lake that's turning summer into autumn, mm-hmm. Indian summer. Mm-hmm. So, woo, we had high expectations. They dropped the bomb. <laughs> it launched not only a new size for the club sport, 39.5 millimeters, sweet spot in between the 37 and 42. Yeah. Right. Are we sure that it's 39? And a half, uh, yeah. We're yes, sure it's yes, 39. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Because as always, Nomos rounds its diameter measurements down in print. And it is styled as the Club Sport Neomatic 39. And it comes in three colors inspired by the warm tones of late summer, early fall. And they are called Tabak, Ember, and Smoke. And the, for, well, for the layman, Tabak is brown. Ember is kind of a rose gold, I would say. Yeah. And then Smoke, they call it gray gold, but it's basically just like a, it's a nice charcoal. It's a warm charcoal, I would say. Yeah, so they called them indeed bronze gold. Brown gold and silver gold or something like that. So, yeah, something like so that. So the official titles are indeed Tabak, Ember, Smoke, references 760, 762, 764. With the open case bag, the cool news is there's they stick to the traditions. You can get all three models with open or closed case bags. So the difference between an open and a closed case bag is 390 US dollars. Uh, Euro, I don't believe, I don't remember correctly, but it's somewhere around there. Take a 10% off exchange rates, etc. VAT, no VAT, sales taxes. But bottom line, way below 4K US dollars, you have a banger. In-house, Neomatic Caliber, DUW3001. Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's right. 3001, yeah. Amazing Caliber. Thickness of the caliber. 3.2 millimeters or 10 stamps. Yeah, 10 very stamps. Good. Yeah. I love that. It's thin. It's made in-house. Love the caliber. It comes on steel bracelet. 
That's good. Steel bracelet for under $4,000 with an open case back. Just one thing on the measurements before you give your opinion on it. What's interesting is we know no loss for making very slim calibers and therefore very slim watches. We have a thickness here of 8.5 millimeters, but crucially, that's the glass back. The stainless steel back is actually 0.1 millimeter thinner, so it's 8.4 millimeters. And it's really nice that they've written that in the technical information so people are aware. Because you don't, you know, it's, it's understandable why that is the case, but you don't often see people write that. No, and it's amazing they shaved off only 0.1 millimeters, but it shows how serious they take their own quality and they listen to the market. And I never speak about luck to luck, but this shows that Nomos respects watch nerds. They added to the specs on the day that we got an LTL, luck to luck, 49 and a half. Mm. Why is this important with Nomos? There are heated debates around Nomos, especially the clubs and the Orions, mm. why they have such long lugs. Call them bullhorns. Some like them, some don't. I love them because they give them a very specific characteristic to the watch. It's no, it is Nomos, and it's a beautiful watch to experiment if you want to downsize on case sizing your collection. Because Nomos actually took me down from 42 to 40. I even rock a club 36 millimeters. Mm. But because of the lugs, I'm actually wearing the Ace collab we did, and, and it suits me. And this is a shout out to my colleague Dala, because he was a very early innovator. Over a decade ago, he said we're going back to smaller. He started broking 39, 36. He's, he's going down to 35, 34 even. Yeah. And he's so, a big guy as well. Should be yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. He's buffed and tall, but he's the Dutch Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. Now, Dala would be a, a media darling if he put himself in the limelight a little bit more. Yeah. So, so enough with the banter. But... So if you want to experiment with smaller case sizes, consider the club. And if you want a more dressy watch, consider the Orion in the Nomos Club. Very, very good advice. You're talking about when people want to reduce the diameters. Now, why would somebody want to reduce diameters actively? It's sometimes because, as we're starting to appreciate more and more recently, as we revert to this trend of smaller sized watches, that certain designs look better. Just almost categorically better. I mean, if you have bad taste, then your subjectivity can lean you in a different direction. But there is almost a mathematical truth to the fact that certain watches look right at certain sizes. For example, I would always argue that the Rolex Day just looks best as a watch at 36. Totally agree. Now, that might not be the one that sits on your wrist the best, but the thing about a Rolex 36 is not only does it proportionally hang together well and express itself at that diameter better or more effectively, should I say, than I think it does at any other diameter, any other diameter, not not smaller, not bigger. The bracelet adds a great deal of real estate or wrist presence, shall we say. And that is what you get with the Club 36, which I believe is the truest execution of the Club model, the best proportioned, largely because of the way that it uses the, the Alpha Caliber which um, obviously has a sub-seconds register, which is always in the same place, whether you've got it inside a 36 or a 37 or a 38 or a 39 millimeter case. And so the space between or the relative distance between the center and the sub-dial and the sub-dial and the edge of the case changes as you go up the diameters. 
And in the 36, it feels very natural. It doesn't feel stretched. It doesn't feel lost. It doesn't feel disconnected from the rest of the design. 36 would scare a lot of people. 36 with a kind of playful, youthful font as is used in the club and the club campus models would also turn a lot of people off. But those long lugs, those bullhorns, is a great description of them. They add this presence to the watch in that it takes up quite a lot of your wrist, but it doesn't dominate. It doesn't overall. And then the second thing to consider with what we're seeing with Nomos, and it goes all the way back to my old visual impact index, which was attempting to express the true to sizeness of a watch but on its measurements alone. And Nomos is actually very bad at expressing true to sizeness based on its measurements alone. The Orion, for example, as you mentioned before, it comes in a 33, a 35, and a 38 in the manual collection. The 35 is what we would recommend to people who normally wear 38 or 39 or even 40 millimeter watches because the 38 has such an enormous expansive edge-to-edge dial and slim bezel and, and elegant long looks that it wears more like a 42 or even 43 millimeter watch, or at least it looks like that from a distance. So having smaller diameters in Nomos, even diameters that would blow your mind in other brands and would look ridiculous, like you'd never wear a 35mm Breitling Chronomap, it would look like a, a, a tiny little pebble on your wrist. It'd be so tall and so thick and so convoluted. But because of the purity of Nomos's design and the addition of these long looks, which do get criticism away from the wrist, everything makes sense the moment you strap it on. So lovely. Well done. And, and it's beautiful that you raised the topic of the date just 36 or day date, but it yeah. started off with the date just obviously back in uh, 45, I believe. And I'm actually reading Thomas van Straten. Oh, yeah. His book, the vintage book about the date, just actually. Good book. So, yeah. So he has a few left, I believe. So if you are into vintage date, just go run because he's not pre producing them nor republishing them how dare yeah so i quickly jumped on the bandwagon i'm actually reading it from cover to cover now and and now listening to you it makes sense because the club was launched decade plus 10 11 12 years ago and it was only available in a 36 it's a reference 701 703 epic legendary we at ace love them so much that we kept on buying them even though they were out of production for years. Mm. So upon our request, they made special batches. I'm not talking about the collab we did because our last collab was a tribute to the 701 and 703. We made a closed and open case back. The good news is it's back because officially <laughs> it was gone. Mm -hmm. We got the 701.1 back. And the 703.1 back. Let's just uh, touch on that for anybody that isn't familiar with Nomos's referencing system or the fact that they do closed case back watches. So that's solid stainless steel case back screwed in, as in threaded, so turned into the case, and also open case backs with sapphire display windows. So they have two references for each model, and they're normally one or two numbers apart from one another to keep things simple. In this case, we have the 701.1, which has a stainless steel back, its retail will be 1,500 USD and the 703.1 Club with a glass back at 1,800 USD. Now, these prices are extremely attractive for an entirely overhauled classic that has been much missed in the collection. So tell us what your audience 
Ace particularly loved about the original 701? So it was, for the time, a bit quirky. Yeah. Which technically everything in those is. It was the first waterproof watch because it's 10 bars waterproof. Yeah. When that launched, all Nomos watches were three bars. Mm-hmm. It had a more sporty case yep. as well. Silver dial, but the hands had red filling. They weren't luminous Yeah, in the original. Right. Correct? It's very difficult to make a dark color lumens. Yeah. They I, exist. I mean, it until recently, anything on the red spectrum was an absolute nightmare. And I think we covered this extensively in, um, in the Arcanaut episode with Anders a couple of weeks back. The new Arcanaut Pongo Orange was the hardest of all the new Arcanauts to make because Orange, while it has the same strength of the mission, it doesn't have the same duration of a mission and it drops off a cliff. So Red Loom in those days, decade plus ago, that wasn't really a thing that people messed around with. Only Jean-Claude Biver tried Black Loom with the Hublot Big Bang much to much derision at the time, in fact. Anyway, please continue. So it was only an aesthetic effect, but suddenly you had like a... Silver dial numbers were printed, but not luminous. They weren't really in a relief, so they weren't a pad, padded, let's say. Well, they, they were pad printed, but they were very flat. You're right, actually. And they were sort of, the dial, we, we're calling it silvered, but in the original 701, it was actually a, more of a papyrus, wasn't it? It was slightly darker and, more, and creamier than the other uh, dials in the collection correct like so the orions and the tetras and the ludvigs and the tangentes are all quite pure silver yeah the, the club had that warmth to it and the, and the colors that he used with the red filled black outlined hands the sort of charcoal numerals and the red five minute numerals around the outside teamed with the almost burgundy brown strap which was also new because everything was black right straps. right that's why it looks so different because yeah. it, it suddenly became this kind of warm and like inviting prospect and yeah. more to the point it was a thousand euros thousand eighty euros yeah for years on end yeah yeah what a crazy price yeah for an alpha in-house made hand wound caliber so and and newbies to nomos or newbie collectors know the that the club campus collection is the vibrant collection today a lot of fun colors two sizes and the awesome cali dials california dials or call them byzantium dials what does that mean top half is arabic numerals bottom are roman numerals that adds even more fun to the watch so that's the fun collection but the original club just had the 12 2 4 8 and 10 as arabic numerals the other numbers were indexes, battles. Now, Nomos took the 911 route. I don't mean the Autobahn, and it is not in reference to their watch, the Autobahn, meaning evolution over revolution. They said, we're going to bring it back into the 20s, because it was already a 20th century watch. So into the 20s, into a new era, a new decade. It did not get the campus makeover, so it's still that those numbers, but they outlined the numbers like the campus models. The numbers are now luminous. Yeah. The hands are red, but luminous. Yeah. 
the sub second dial got the 60, 20, 40 on the sub dial, which the original 701, 702 didn't have. Yeah. They pushed the minute track out so you create more space. The numbers are a bit bigger. The batons, so the index are a bit shorter. Creates a lot of depth on the dial, but the case is exactly the same. Diameter, thickness, bezel, everything is the same. Yeah, but bizarrely, it does look bigger when yes. you put the two side by side because of this uh, dial trickery. So as you say, the, the numbers as in the, the the focal points of the dial are slightly larger, but the small red five-minute numbers are smaller. The dial has now got a, a whiter silvery finish, so it's a bit more high contrast than the original. It steps away from that warmth homogenized it slightly better with the rest of the collection not only is the red filling on the hands now luminous there's more of it because they slimmed the frame of the hands and they added more red so that's that pops a lot more that was a that was a masterstroke in my opinion that really makes this watch look incredibly sporty for some reason i looked at it it looked like it was smiling back at me i have no idea it's not like um the hands are in a funny position or anything like that there was just something so vivid and, and nice about this watch the outlines on the numbers, so it's black outlines around charcoal loom, which is low-performance loom, let's face it, in the dark. None must say the same thing, but it's, it is an upgrade. It's an actual upgrade. So even though it's not the best loom in the world, it's better than what came before. Overall, it's been a massive, I believe, update. There are going to be some people that still pine for the original 701, but I'm not sure how you feel about this. I'd love your thoughts on it. In fact, I've got two things I'd like to talk about on the club subject before we move on and both need your heavy input. I don't know what the reputational effect of a brand discontinuing a model, which at the time, so right at the, the time of the 701 was popular, but it was not as popular as it became as soon as its discontinuation was announced and people rushed to buy the watch. They'd sort of been putting off you know, thought they'd buy it on a rainy day when there was nothing else around that was better or more exciting because it was just a thousand euros. They rushed to buy it. And then once it was truly discontinued, it became a bit of a cult classic. And people would, you know, go on pilgrimages to find these watches and like, meet up with collectors looking for someone that wanted to sell a 701. And nobody wanted to sell a 701 because there's no bloody point. Even though it was so desirable, the price has never got so stratospheric that it was really worth it. Like Even if you double your money on a 701, that's going to get you 1,000 euros and you're going to lose that cult watch. So most people just held them. They kept them. That was really interesting. And so to bring that back into the collection identically, I think instinctively would be a really bad, impossible thing to do, in fact, because you kind of destroy the legacy. You would risk, and although you shouldn't be too worried about the feelings of individuals around, you know, on, on a case-by-case -case basis, you would risk upsetting a lot of people who had been thrilled by the ontogeny of that model to have acquired it when they did and to have kept it when they had the chance to sell it and now that their model would lose value in their mind. So what do you think? Do you think a brand can bring back a classic exactly as it was or does it need to update? Very interesting. So I respectfully and totally do not agree with you. Cool. Two things. Nomos is not a hype brand. They're not in the business to hype. They're in the business, they're here because they want to make new watches, meaning new designs. They're carved out their own way, 
their own calibers. It's a family-owned company. They are independent. They strive for independence in everything they do. They are not busy creating hot balloons, hot air balloons, bubbles, hypes, and they listen to the community. Facts are, they made a collab with us, a three-way with No Me's for Life. He was maybe the first Dutch collector and worldwide Nomos influencer. Yeah. So we did a collab with him to pay respect to him. Nomos loved the idea. Now, today, we have our dear friend, and listen, Moritz, who has Nomos watch archives, I believe. He's mm-hmm. building an archive. Mm-hmm. And we met Chris of the Nomos Watch Club. Yeah. Lovely chap. Yeah. He got granted a collab that shows how much Nomos respects and values their community and their ambassadors. Then they never actually hardcore stopped the 701 and 703. Because in all these years, we kept on buying batches. I'm talking about two, three dozens at a time, even more. So at Ace, we always had them in stock. But in batches, if they were finished, we had to wait for the next batch to honor all these collectors worldwide. That was actually the fueling source of energy, the, the source of energy that fueled Minimatical.com. So Gary Steingart's favorite watch, the Minimatic, mm-hmm. which is discontinued today as a model, mm-hmm. which housed the first Neomatic algorithm. Yeah, right. yeah, that's correct, 2015. So at Teammates, we loved that watch, which was an underperformer, but Nomos is often light years ahead of trends in the market. They're market makers and trendsetters in the literal sense of the word. So we set up minimatical.com as a blog that was actually also an archive. We wrote about all the special Nomoses in the world. So that evolved into a web shop for straps. And at a certain point, we start selling 701s and 703s there. Huh. And they are big quantities. So you're telling me that the 701, 703, even though it was like technically discontinued, was to the established retailer network still available in drips and drops over the years for, to, to supply to the collectors that desperately wanted one. Maybe that's uh, some of the reason why the price has never really leapt up to the point that, you know, yeah, made because, it worth yeah. selling because they were available just on the down low. Exactly. And I'm not saying that they produced it because of us. Maybe they did. I don't know. Never asked. We definitely weren't the only ones who had access to it. Right. I, because you could buy normal watches on their own website and they have their factory boutique in Glasshütte. Yeah. But what I love about Nomos, they have a long-term vision. They are not run by stock exchange rates, by big boards, quarterly figures. So they meander like the river that runs through Glasshütte. They take their time. And... If somebody's that passionate about the watch, why would they kill it? So that being said, what other approach could they have taken than the 9-11 evolution, design evolution for this watch? So it's very natural, very logical, and they did a killer job. Just so that people know, when Alan says 9-11, he's talking about the car. 
Yes, yeah, sorry. This is not the date stamp, September 11, what happened. No. This atrocious events that happened in 2000. Yeah. If you're not a car guy, then maybe just give a brief history sorry, of the Porsche yeah, 911. Sorry, so so the, the, the Porsche 911 is one of the most iconic sports cars ever. It's a design object. And what the, the Porsche legacy is, don't change a winning formula. Mm. So with the evolution of technology and time, they always polished up designs or upgraded them to times. But you can always recognize a Porsche 911 from day one till today, and you'll see the lineage, the, 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 the evolution of the generations. The only brand that really follows that design analogy is Rolex. Yeah, you talk about it all the time. Ev yes. Evolution, not revolution. Is Correct. The and Rolex motto, really. Yes. So my question back to you, you said, like, what else could they do with a model of such uh, cult status? Well, my response is, if they were actually supplying it low-key to retailers to satisfy existing customers, which is actually something I kind of like, because strategically, globally, and from a communications perspective, there's all sorts of reasons why a brand should discontinue some models and at certain points in its history when it wants to shed its old skin and, and move on anew. But at the same time, it obviously can leave a lot of people who missed the boat, whether through their own fault of inaction or otherwise. And for Nomos or a brand like Nomos to actually honor their desire and say, okay, no, we're going to make you the watch you want, even though it's a little late for our planning, is quite nice and quite rare. But if that were the case, which obviously it is, because we know firsthand that that's, that's actually happening, could they have brought back the 701 and 703 exactly as they were and not experienced a major backlash? And therefore, did they do what they did? Because as you said in the 911 design strategy, they wanted to make it better. And they thought they were, they identified in the intervening years between its launch and now, things that they can do now that they couldn't do then. And you think they want to just give for club 701, 703, the, the full works. Good question. So technically they could have brought it back as it mm. would have sold this exact same quantity of watches, I believe. Yeah, because it, it never went away, really. They spent a lot of R&D and IP. I mean, Berliner Blau was put to work and it took them quite some time. And I understand why, because all those that are creative or design know that Less is more, and shaving things down is maybe the most difficult thing. Yeah. So writers know that. Mm. Bring down words is very difficult. Those that have written a thesis know the problem. So it costs them technically a lot of money to do that. So commercially, they're charging the same price as the Club Campus, which the old price was idiotic. Mm. Okay. So it doesn't make sense. So the price is brought up to par to the campus's prices, which is fair and very reasonable and a lot of bang for your buck. It's incredible. All these watches. Incredible. Still today. Um, so could they have brought back easy? Would they have made it a campus? Mm. And I, I know they, I'm looking for the English word, but in Dutch we say heilig schennis, so sacrilegious. Yeah, sacrilegious. Sacrilegious is the right word? Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been sacrilegious to me. And that would have been a big no-no. And then I'm like, ooh, somebody's been eating mushrooms in Berlin. And now they've lost their mind. But you see that no one doesn't lose their mind. Yeah. They know 
what they're doing. And I, it really took me three, four minutes because they put it up on the whiteboard on on, on the on the, the screen it, yeah. on the huge screen, and they just said, "Hey guys, the seven one is back," and they was like, oh, "Yeah, it's back. Nothing changed." And they said, and then they checked us, did, and then they said, "Did something change?" The whole the whole room, like literally hundred people mm. plus. Yeah, yeah, it was quiet, and I didn't see it either. And I handled a lot of seven ones and threes, and we made a freaking collab. So we internally said. How do we pay respect to that model? That was exactly the second part of my question. Okay. There's two things I want to ask you about, and this collab is definitely one, because we only really noticed, in fact, you noticed at breakfast this morning when you were looking at the watch you were wearing, the watch that you were involved in designing as a tribute to the 701 in a, in a vastly different colorway. You've got a dark blue navy dial with orange numerals with white outlines. With a lovely watch, by the way. Limited to how many pieces was it? Open case back 100, closed 50. Okay, so 150 pieces in total, this dial. And it had the 12, 2, 4, 8, and 10 arrangement of the original 701. Proportionally, we thought, oh, it's the same. But there was a detail which uh, snuck through the design process and onto the final watch, which until we saw the new one, hadn't really occurred to you as being as novel as it was. And that was the 201460 on the subdial. Because it feels like it was always there. Correct. So tell us about that. So I had the honor with my team to design six nomoses. And we've designed more due to COVID. Some are frozen. They're benched, as the Americans would say. Yeah. Sports terminology. But we've designed over two, three dozen rob and i designed over a dozen at with your time at nomos and even when you left nomos i still hit you up to pick your brain on collabs which i've been doing over almost a decade now almost we're creeping up to a decade so it never i never realized that nomos Add the 60, 20, and 40 <laughs> seconds on the subtile into our final design because it's in the Capus models and not the original. And I only realized the difference yesterday when she presented it. And this morning I strapped on my 701 because I got inspired. I brought all my personal nomoses to Glassita. So every day I strap on a different one. Sometimes too. Sometimes too. Yeah, when I'm with fellow watch nerds, I do too, but I never do it with civilians because <laughs> then they think you're cuckoo. Yeah. Um, or you just have low self confidence and you flex, which that's not my speed. Nobody flexes with an Elmas club. Come on. That's, it's a special kind of environment when you're flexing with a club. That's true. Maybe a Nomi's for Life get together. Someone yeah. walks in with like a really rare model from the mid 2010s and everyone goes bananas. Like, Look at the sub down on that club. Ah, said nobody ever in downtown New York, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a uh, Tangente Platinum Hearts, like a unicorn. There's a Tango Mud, I think. There's, yeah. There's yep. Tangente Sport used to exist. Uh, yes, Tango the Sport is very nice. Very yeah, nice. It's a platinum one. It predated the Tango Mat, I believe. And since we're talking about the Tango Mat and Tango Tango Tangenta Sport, tell us something about the Tango Mat that's new for everybody. So, 
at ACE, we had an unofficial service watch policy for those watch nerds that really love watches. We'll give, we have a little box of watches, including many nomuses. So we would give our dear customers a loaner when they hand in their watch for service. But this shows how cool Nomos is. They installed a service watch program at the forum. But they wouldn't be Nomos if they never oblige retailers. They don't oblige. They just offer. It's your decision if you want to jump on the bandwagon or not. Obviously, Ace Jewelers bought into the service watch program. They're making available a Tangomat 603.S1, 38.3 millimeters, automatic watch, not a DUW caliber, but still only 8.3 millimeters thick. The Tangente and the Tangomat have short lugs, so the LTL is only 48 millimeters. Um, super cool. So obviously at Ace Juniors and all those dealers that are really no nomies, nomos heads, yeah, normal files, normal files. That's a new one. It's quite good. No, it sounds a bit bad. Sounds a bit creepy, but yeah, let's stay. let's ask our community what should the uh, comparison of Panaristi for Panerai lovers be for Nomos. Come on, I think we know it. It's Nomis. Let's support Nomis. It's okay, done. Yeah, he right, did right. it. He did it first. Let's scratch that. that. We're all Nomis. We're all joining the Nomis yeah. tribe. Homies that love Nomos. So that shows again how much Nomos cares about collectors. They care about service. They actually spend a lot of time at the forum talking about service. Yep. And was very cool. They brought a psychotherapist, a psychologist. She officially is a sexologist, mm-hmm. but she didn't talk about sex. Not she about talk- penetration. No. No. She no. talked a lot about desire. A lot. And that's something desire. that watch collectors know about a lot. Yeah. Talked about the intimacy of relationships and the importance of cultivating them and how Nomos cultivates those with its retailers and how the retailers then cultivate those relationships with Nomos customers. And it was a very fascinating talk, really was, quite remarkable. Yeah, and and as a retailer, I was very humbled and touched because it was a love letter to retailers. They said retailers can never be replaced, definitely not by the big groups and not by us. So before we move on, we should say um, the woman who was giving the speech, she was a former Nomos employee she worked for Nomos for around seven or eight years she was basically Roland Schwertner's right-hand woman her name is Amelie Böhm and she is based in Basel and her Instagram handle is Einfach Druber Raiden so that's E-I-N-F-A-C-H dot D-R-U-E-B-E-R dot R-E-D-E-N so if you do feel like you would benefit from talking to an experienced and very welcoming sexologist then you can contact Amelie there if you want to talk about your psychological relationship with your watches. Yes, we actually talked about bringing on a psychologist on the show. We, won't, should be, we could get her on because she yeah. knows, her, knows her stuff about watches, that's for sure. That's a good idea. Okay, so should we just say, yes, this is not all, more to come. 
We don't want to break embargoes. Yeah, I've had, enough of, had enough of breaking embargoes since my uh, uh, rant a couple of weeks ago. Stay tuned. There's some firecrackers coming till the end of the calendar year 2023. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll shut up. We'll give you the dates so you can put them in your calendar because I don't think anyone minds that. Okay, stick it in your calendar for the 19th of October. So that's very soon upon us. There's something new coming there. The big one, the really big one that we are very excited about behind the scenes is the 2nd of November. So, And that one is important because we don't like to play the FOMO game, so the fear of missing out. We are walking away from that. All the partnerships that Rob and I are discussing now with brands, we emphasize we do not think that this FOMO game um, is respectful to the watch collecting community. And this one has to be a FOMO game watch because it's linked to anniversaries. So... We respect that Nomos did that. So this one, I would definitely put in your calendar if you're a Nomi. Yeah, if you're a Nomi, you're probably not going to want to miss it. It is something really, really remarkable, and I've never seen anything like it. Shall we move on to, I think we can handle maybe one more question. Do we have time? We have a little bit of time. Right, yes, time for one more question. And this is a very basic question that, Nearly every watch blog in the world is very adept at answering on an episodic basis. However, we never really address the issue, not unless we're asked. And the question is, what are you both wearing today? And it came from Becca on uh, IG DMs. She slid into the DMs with an innocuous question. And I thought, you know what? Let's do a wrist check for once because we happen to be wearing, well, you're wearing two watches. As mentioned, you're wearing an Awas Club. But on your other wrist, you're wearing the same watch as I'm wearing. And that is a what? Sequent solar charger. Say it again. Sequent solar charger in a limited edition made together with our dear friend, Romaric Andre, a.k.a. Second Second. Yes. Now, Alon is wearing the teal version, which I think is probably the most ubiquitously shared on social media because it's a really striking, very... Uh, contemporary color on a color matched strap as well. He loves ton sur ton, as he always says. I, on the other hand, have got the jellyfish version, which has got a transparent case on a black silicon strap. 22 millimeter lugs, we believe. No taper on the strap. A very thin and signed buckle. Uh, extremely small and close together holes, so you're able to get a snug fit on the wrist. But why are we wearing these watches? How have they come to be upon our wrists? So we've talked a lot about Adrian Buchmann, a friend, a very good designer. He is so multi-talented. He's actually also co-founder and CEO of Sequent. Sequent is a relatively young company, but not a one-day fly. They actually exist three, four years already. Yep. They make smartwatches with a Swiss angle. They're not Swiss-made. Yet, Swiss designed, they are connected watches. I don't really like the term smartwatch. Yeah. Okay, for the sake of it, let's use smartwatch. So it's a electronic watch, analog. There are no digital features on the DAO, which is the beauty of this smartwatch. So you have 12 indexes for the hours, two hands for the hour minutes, and then you have a huge subdial which looks retrograde, and it's retrograde. Because on a normal version, you'll have a hand there. 
It has multiple functions, which are counting your steps. It shows you how much energy the battery has left. You can check your heart rate. Yep, you can check your oxygen level in your blood as well. All of this information can be gleaned from pressing the buttons. It has chronograph style pushes at two and four. The four o'clock one pressed once will give you a heart rate reading, which is displayed on the right-hand side of the scale of the subdial. Press it twice, you get your oxygen blood percentage also on the same scale. The sport mode, which will track your activity and uh, route run, as long as you have your phone with you during the activity, is activated by pressing the button at two. You can sync the watch by one clicking the crown to the app, which is free and easy to use and clearly displays all that information within it. But I think the thing that we like most about Sequent is not the fact it's connected and it can do all these funky things. It's the fact that it does it with a bit of soul, which is what is often lacking from these smart or connected watches. It has like a real style. It wears beautifully on the wrist. It's I was taken by the teal version when I first saw them, but having chosen instead to take the jellyfish almost on a whim, I couldn't be happier because the transparent case not only falls away from the eye a little bit, making it seem smaller than it actually is, but because a lot of the functions when activated engage flashing lights on the inside of the watch, like the heart rate monitor, which is my favorite function, flashes to the green light against the wrist. It, it lights up the whole case, especially if you're in the dark and you're doing it. I was in bed last night and I was wearing it because there's a sleep tracker on it as well. And I pressed the button and my girlfriend leapt out of bed thinking that a UFO had crashed through the window because it was green and then it went red and the and the yellow, there was a yellow in there somewhere and the dial, do not leave it in your bedroom overnight, by the way, because there's, there's some kind of intermittent purple flashing dot on mine that I can't get to go off. Is super cool, but it is extremely active as a watch so it looks wonderful i'm gonna push for the jellyfish version which i think is the best but the cool thing about it is the way not just the case has been made but also how the elements have been so thoughtfully crafted the loom is really good on this watch it surprised me i was stumbling around uh, last night looking for the toilet in the dark trying not to disturb my girlfriend any further having already scared the life out of with the ufo crash and i looked down at my wrist and possibly because i just turned the heart rate monitor on and it had charged to loom um it was blazing i could i could read it like at a meter's distance with no problem whatsoever and then of course for this particular model what we have to talk about is romara Condre's beautiful input on this piece he has a melted ice cream that says below it in graffiti-esque font fucking sun exclamation mark a reference to the fact this is a solar charged watch and then at the very bottom of a dial just beneath the microscopic almost charging symbol in the circular polo-esque six o'clock marker there's a little puddle of melted ice cream in uh, light blue with second seconds trademark s on it one thing i'm not so much of a fan of initially and i might change my mind after i wear this for significant sporting activities is the band is extremely sweat inducing despite being excellently fitted to the wrist but that might just be me wearing it against a hairy wrist to begin with so i'm going to try it on some different straps i think this would work extremely well on a two-piece fabric of course you can't use a nato mm-hmm. because you need the readouts on the back to be touching your skin but i think yeah two-piece fabric would be really classy so our frequent knows we're definitely not watch snobs and we definitely like Quartz watches, we love G-Shocks, we always had quartz watches, swatches, whatever, and and there is a big 
reason to wear a quartz, especially if you do hardcore sports. Now, in full disclosure, we got these watches and David, our team member as well, mm -hmm. and we got an additional piece gifted, which we are going to raffle off in the TRTS community. We are going to keep our journalistic objectivity because Adrian is a friend. He gifted to us and he gave us full freedom to say whatever we like, which we'll definitely do in an upcoming episode where David, Rob, and I will discuss these watches after wearing them for at least a week, yeah. testing them thoroughly. We will criticize it objectively. Well, in the end, subjectively. You'll have three different opinions of the same watch. The only difference is colors. The fourth one will be gifted to our members in the TRTS community and will make it a little game. I would say they need to guess the total amount of steps between the three of us. That's interesting. Okay. Because, you know. Yeah, that's fine. It is interesting because I, I was arrogantly, before I blew my knee out a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking I I would win this contest easily because I just go for a, a mega long run. And I wasn't going to tell you guys. Like, I was going to say, okay, let's just see how long we travel on Wednesday. And then I was just going to start running and, like, just keep going. Because I, <laughs> I live near the Elbe. And I have a Deutschland ticket on the train. And when I'm when I'm in good shape, I just run for 20, 30 kilometers along the Elbe, basically right next to a train track. And every three or four kilometers, there's another train stop. So I was just going to start running and see how far I got before I got bored or had to you know go do some proper work and then just get on the train and go home and not tell you that I'd been out all day. I running. am kind of happy you blew your knee. Yeah, as I blew my knee out, so I can't, I can barely walk, let alone run. Yeah. So if it was, if people were guessing now, I, I actually don't know. I guess you put in a lot of steps. No, I don't. Actually. I'm a retailer, dude. I get a feeling you're pacing around the store, you're following uh, people about. Like, do you sit on your ass as much as David and me throughout the day? I don't know. You're pretty know, active. I do. I, no, I do. Popping out for lunch, uh, no. seeing your mates. Uh, I'm a, no, I'm a. You're a dad. You got two yeah, kids. Yeah, no. All right. So, Maybe. But, but I started working out more. So interesting. Anyways. We don't need to bother our dear listeners. So we can't say just who out of the three of us, because then there's only three choices and we've got a hundred yeah, So we're gamifying it. We're making it easy. So obviously we want to grow the community. Listen to the next episode. This was just a quick intro because back when we're wearing them, we're really experiencing them. Next episode, we'll give the official game rules. Yep. And the time frame, and we'll probably launch it on our Instagrams as well. So you can follow us there which would be a good idea because there'll be more giveaways coming and we'll probably do them through those channels and maybe a new Instagram channel as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yes, because we're going to celebrate our first anniversary, which is November, with a lot of gifts because who has a birthday needs to share. Exactly. And if you would like to learn more about those gifts or the podcast, get in touch and take part in the show or join the network, that's our WhatsApp community. Then please get in touch with us either via Instagram. I'm there at Rob Nuds, R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S. Alon is there at A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. You can contact us alternatively via our emails, either Rob or Alon at therealtime.show or via the contact form on the website www.therealtime.show. Please like, subscribe, follow, share the podcast. And if you have time, leave us a nice comment and review. That would be very much appreciated. Until next time, stay safe and keep on ticking. <laughs>